Dojo, Dynamite 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 Dojo, with Rich and Ashley. Hey guys, this is Ashley and Rich here with episode 19 of Dojo and Dynamite. It is Sunday, March 1st. We have returned from a very short trip to Chicago, and we are here to provide you a revolution recap. Yeah, it was a short trip to Chicago, shorter than usual, and I'm exhausted. I am absolutely exhausted. Um, Very early flight. Yeah. Now... First, I know I said last week that we were going to be doing two episodes, one with a Dynamite recap and one with a Revolution recap. Uh, traveling and preparing for the trip, we just didn't have enough time. So unfortunately, we didn't get to do a Dynamite recap. No, but it was kind of self-explanatory. So weigh in, Iron Man match. The Iron Man match, we'll do, we will talk about. That was an absolute Oh my God, a. I forgot gotta about that. you got to check that out if you have a chance. That... Iron Man between Pac and Kenny Omega, which was basically for nothing. I can't believe that was like in the same week. All in the same week. Jesus. We just got very, very busy towards the end of the week. So unfortunately, we were unable to record the Dynamite podcast. However, the Dynamite was a good show. No real need to have to cover that too extensively because we are on a fever pitch coming out of Revolution where we have a brand new world Champion. The Mox Man. He did it. John Moxley. Moxley defeats Jericho in the main event of Revolution in Chicago, and immediately after the show ends, he puts on a brand new piece of merchandise in which we were able to grab on our way out because they threw them up on the stands really quickly. Yeah, that was extremely special. Um I am a merch freak. I love merch. No copyright or trademarks intended I love, there. I love Nick Jackson, <laughs> but I love merch. But that one I definitely had to get because as we'll talk about a little bit later, we've been there for like all of Mox's biggest moments in AEW. Well, Dojo and Dynamite, Ashley and myself, we have gone to all four of the AEW pay-per-views. Yeah, we completed the... The cycle, double or nothing. The, all it's not a trifecta. Out. What would a four be? Quartet. Hey, there you go. I guess. Okay, quartet. No, quartet's two. No, it's not. It's a duo. Yeah, so quartet. We completed the quartet of pay-per-views for AEW. We got the posters. That's really exciting. We feel like we accomplished something great. Double or nothing two's around the corner, unfortunately. That one, probably not going to be able to attend. If I can will us there, I will do it. We can ride horseback. We can walk. Yeah, okay. Um, no, that's probably not going to happen, but never say never. But we completed the quartet. We had a great time. It was a great venue. Brand new arena. 2017, I believe it opened. It's our alma mater undergrad, DePaul University. Mm-hmm. So that's where they play basketball now. It was a beautiful arena. It was. Yeah, I was very, I was going to say impressed, but I was very happy with it. It's very modern. Um good beer selection we didn't eat any food there so i can't comment on the food but accessible very accessible the whole area mccormick place they held c2e2 we had a friend we traveled out there with a couple of people we had a friend that attended c2e2 said the entire event was fantastic we were unable to attend the c2e2 event because we had i guess prior engagements so and also a difficult time finding parking but chicago was a very accessible city so you could drive in the city, you could park in the city. We had good event parking, grab something to eat, head on into the show. Wait times weren't terrible. Merch lines weren't bad. It was great. Every All together, it was great. It was perfect. And I, I don't want to say anything bad about the Sears Center because the Sears Center has a special place in AEW's heart. And I think that All Out will be going back there. But this Trust Arena was a beautiful venue in a great location. McCormick Place was right next door. There are food, bars. It was a modern downtown in Chicago. It was a really, really cool environment and a cool place and a great arena. 
Yeah, what I'll say before we get into the full recap, uh, the arena set up like perfectly. I feel like every seat had good viewing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that's cool because you don't, you definitely don't get that a lot of places. But with that, uh, we don't have any questions this week, which is okay. We've got so much to cover. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, we can go ahead and dive into the recap. Did you want to start with the Iron Man match? Well, I mean, we touched upon it a little bit. So the Iron Man match was fantastic. I mean, I it kind of led into this, which really, I guess, this was a good swerve. I mean, somebody said that there were a lot of people, actually, not just, just one person. A lot of individuals felt that this show was a little predictable. I didn't think that it was. I mean, I really believe the Young Bucks were going to win the tag team titles. I think I said it on here. I think I said it multiple times. I really believe they were going to win. I thought it was going to happen. I don't find AEW to be predictable. Um, I mean, as much as you think you know what's going to happen, like, you know, all signs are, are leading to a Moxley win. It is wrestling. You never know what they're going to do. And I think there's always, there's just that element of surprise where, well, I think Mox is going to win, but they could go this way. That it yeah, just keeps me engaged. Jericho could have won that match. Absolutely. There was no reason why Chris Jericho couldn't have defended his world championship. And like you said, it, it is wrestling. So as much as it may be predictable, you may think something's going to happen. You never really know. I'm glad that AEW doesn't do something because you expect it. You know, I mean that in a sense, like because you expect something, they decide they're going to alter the plans to confuse the fans. No, they just do That's what's right. They don't purposefully make swerves for the sake of making swerves. Yeah. And sometimes I find that, well, I'm not going to go back to WCW, but sometimes WWE does that because all the fans get on the trail, they start sniffing the trail, and they decide, you know what? We're going to swerve them tonight for the sake of being swerved. And sometimes that comes at the sake of a story. It comes at the sake of development. It comes at the sake of characters and, and certain wrestlers. And, and then you lose momentum, you lose logic, right. and you lose interest. And AEW hasn't done that. The only thing that did surprise me, and some others weren't surprised by it, but I, I was surprised that Adam Page and Kenny Omega defended their AEW World Tag Team Championships against the Young Bucks because Kenny comes out of a 30-minute Ironman match. It was, what, uh, it was over 30 minutes. 96 hours ago? 72 hours prior? Mm -hmm. And he works a half-an-hour match, which was arguably one of the greatest tag team matches of all time. It brought a tear to your eye while you watched it. It was one of the greatest tag team matches of all time. I can't stop thinking about it. And they still defended the belts. But that was a little later in the show. Yes, you are correct. The show opened up with Dustin versus Jake Hager in Hager's AEW debut. Yeah, I, I really was looking forward to this match because I love Dustin. Dustin's fantastic. I love Dustin. And I, and I wanted to see what Hager was going to bring to the table because as Jack Swagger, I never was uh, connected to him. I never was a big fan of Jack Swagger. He felt, again, because I, I had watched wrestling through that era where I grew up, Kurt Angle was that, not Jack Swagger. Jack Swagger could never be Kurt Angle, and I don't think that he ever wanted to be Kurt Angle. But they kind of pumped him out as Kurt Angle. Yeah, it felt kind of forced. It was forced. And Hager comes out, and he's treated kind of like a badass. He didn't yeah. need anybody to come with him. Didn't need Sammy to come with him. He's by himself. He's the big hurt. He's the big hurt. And he broke Dustin's arm, his wrist. And they played that whole throughout. Dustin was going after this wrist. Dustin was focusing on Hager's arm. Because, hey, listen, it's almost like eye for an eye. It's arm for an arm. Wrist for a wrist. Yeah. But at Dustin's age, I mean, it, arguably, Minoru Suzuki... And Dustin Rhodes are the two best wrestlers right now over 50. For sure. I mean, they are just tearing it up. But this match I really looked forward to, I thought it was very solid. I mean, I'm not going to go crazy on, on a grade here. Maybe I'll go three and a half stars. But it was a very solid match. I thought maybe it could have been benefited a little bit from like maybe a false count anywhere step. Because, you know, they did fight backstage. They were brawling. If you recall, the, the the broken hand happened outside in the parking lot with the limo. Yeah, it just makes the stakes a little bit higher. Um, but I don't. At the same time, I don't think the match hurt without a stip. I liked the involvement of Hager's wife. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Dustin goes. He didn't actually like kiss her. He just kind of got up well, on her face and smeared. It the was makeup. role reversal, right? Yeah. 
And, you know, that was, she's like, that's disgusting. That was really funny. And then, you know, Hager gets the win and he carries her out and she's like throwing up peace signs and like, you know, fucking, you know, fuck you to the crowd. I thought that was, I thought that was awesome. Um, But it was great to see Hager in action. I actually had uh, one of my good friends who listens to the podcast. He's not really a wrestling fan, but he listens to support us. And he decided, you know what? I'm going to check out this pay-per-view to kind of see what you guys are all about, what this company's all about. And And he thought, you know what? Now I can put names to faces. Yeah, and kind of uh, make make sense of what we talk about each week. And he knew Dustin as Goldust. He's followed wrestling a little bit. Yeah, he's familiar. He was familiar with Dustin. And uh, Jack Swagger. But he was really impressed with Dustin's ability. You know, we were like, he's 50 years old. And he's like, no shit. Like, he doesn't he thought he was moving like better that. than He doesn't Hager. move like that. Yeah, he did. Um, so I think that's just a cool story to share. I like when outsiders, so to speak, kind of, you know, come into this world and well, I think when he realized changing perceptions with wrestling yeah it is and I think when he realized that Hager was swagger because he didn't know we no, were talking about Jake me. Hager he was like is that Jack Swagger and I was yeah. like it, it is right he, he <laughs> had no idea he's like I know a guy I, I know who this is this is yeah. a match that I've seen before and he goes oh and that's that's gold dust I was like it's Dustin but yes you're right <laughs> like he's like um, I, I just it didn't register. I couldn't put names to faces. So now I see them, and it's like, holy shit, Swagger Nation. Swagger Nation. Swagger Nation. I had to kind of shut it down. Like, we don't, we don't call but him that anymore. But he loves the inner circle, but hates Chris Jericho. So I don't know. It's, it's a big old... You know, yeah, right? It's a, <laughs> what it's the a, hell? It's, I don't know. I don't know but, um, but I just... That stuff's really cool to see. I, I, AW is transcending boundaries here. But the match was... It was good. It was it was solid. Um. It served its purpose, and it was a good way to open the show. I, I may have enjoyed it more than others did. I just I gave it three and a half stars. I enjoyed the match. I really liked the role reversal. And I, what I mean by that is, you know, the old, when the guy comes home, he's got the lipstick on him, and you kind of know maybe he was out having a late night. But Dustin kisses her, and she's covered in all the makeup, not him. And I think that was kind of a really cool little thing I enjoyed there. But the match was good. It went on longer than I expected. Considering the next match, which I expected to be longer, was shorter. And they both did great in the amount of time they were given. Yeah, next up was Darby versus Sammy G, which this was an A+. This was five stars. Um, I said this a couple weeks ago with MJF and Jungle Boy, where it's so important to give the younger talent a spotlight to perform together, to gain experience, gain exposure, connect with the fans, and this delivered on all fronts i felt like like a, a mom <laughs> afterwards i was like so proud of of what the two of them did um they did they kicked ass out there yeah you love sammy and you love darby i so, love the two of them i absolutely and the the idea of putting them together finally it felt like we're finally getting this payoff that yeah. maybe we should have gotten it full gear yeah kind that could have been and cool. not necessarily with darby and and sammy but Kind of Darby got involved in the full gear process, and you remember back when Hager and Dustin got involved with the broken wrist. So back at full gear, this kind of seemed like it should have been culminating them, or maybe the seeds were planted. Right, at least, the seeds were planted for it. that. Yeah. So now it, it comes full circle. No pun intended, but you know it comes full circle here at Revolution, and we're kind of getting this blow off from then. And you're like, man, I really wish I could have seen it. But this was a, a match, I think, that was waiting to happen. I'm really glad they put it on pay-per-view, and I'm really glad they did it. I'm really yeah. glad they did this match. And, and I'm going to give the match four and a half stars. It was good. You, you, you love these guys. It was, it was very, very good. It was short and sweet. Some may say it's overrated, but check it out. When you watch it, think about what they could have done if they had more time. I mean, it, it was insane. There was a part where Sammy just kept spinning. He did like a 6.30, but just kept rotating. He oh, just got said, onto the table. Yeah, he, I mean, he just said, fuck it. He goes, let's see how far we could spin. Let's just say, whatever. But the match didn't, if you recall, the match didn't even start right away. They no, it went through the steps because Darby, of course... Is a madman. Yeah, and on pay-per-view, I think Darby Allen wants to do some, some steps. I, I've said it before. It's just the crowd loves Darby. And as soon as his theme music hits, you just... Everyone's chanting for Darby. And... I love it. Like, everyone's behind this guy. It's just, 
you can see now the emergence of their homegrown stars and it's so organic and yeah, Dar- Darby's one of those guys and, and Sammy I think too as we had kind of said the appreciation for him has grown so large because he's such a great human being such oh, a he's great a person to his fans so you got Darby who's uh, of course he's Darby he's Darby in and out of home <laughs> he swims in skinny jeans I mean he's 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 Darby everywhere he goes but Sammy is obviously on screen this this lay sex god mm-hmm. Spanish god whatever the fuck he calls himself but in person he is you know, an amazing human being. So these two out there came out shorter amount of time than I expected. Just tore the house down. I mean, yeah, very, I mean, very good match. That was the second match of the night. And immediately I was like, this is match of the night candidate. And complete contrast to the match we watched just prior. Yeah. And this was another one where my friend was, was giving me his commentary while he was watching. And he's like, wow, like, he was so impressed by Sammy. He's like, he's so wiggly, even though Darby is also. He's like, like the way he moves and like he's so fast and like, I'm like, these guys are young. Like I'm, you know, trying to give him more of the story. And he, he was really impressed by Sammy in the match. Yeah, he, he liked Sammy. Like I said, he liked all the inner circle except yeah. Jericho. But yeah. for somebody who doesn't like wrestling, he's been to quite a few wrestling shows. All things considered, yeah. And said and watched quite a few wrestling shows, and said that this was. His favorite, yeah, that he's seen and that he's yeah, definitely been a his part favorite. of, so to so speak. Just you're creating a new audience. You're creating new individuals who are saying, "Wow, I'm impressed with what I'm watching." Whether or not they're fans or of wrestling in general, they're impressed with what they're seeing. They're seeing something that is fun, energetic, yeah. different. And to give you more background, like this, the, this friend, he hates wrestling. Like he, you know, he's like, it's right, stupid, yeah. it's fake. Like he's one of those like those mindsets and he just loves to tease but like he gave really genuine feedback and appreciation which really resonated with me like yeah and we we appreciated a lot because that gives you a different perspective yeah because you get all this information from wrestling fans all the time what about somebody on the outside what do they see aew as and what he saw it as is a completely different entity you know at first it was it was wrestling and then it was well this is different this is not Quite the exact same thing as I've been watching, right? So because this is different, this is fun, this is different, and that's that's exactly what they're shooting for. And so you you start now. You look at the card from top to bottom, and any fan is going to look at this card and say there is no buffer and no break. So you are going to be full steam, and that's what they do because you get four pay per views a year. They're fifty dollars a pop. At least you get to save them. Bleacher Report Live, they do save all of your previous purchases. You can go back and check them out, watch them over again. That's exciting. But you get $50 a pop. They got to give you your money's worth. But it creates a, a problem, a very good problem. Well, by the time you get to the main event... It's exhausting. You're exhausted. And, it, you know, it being in the arena or even at home, you know, you're drinking beers, hanging out. Like, when do you go to the bathroom? But like, don't there's... tune it down. I'm not saying to AEW. If anybody is secretly no, no, listening, no. do not... Tune it down. It is a good problem to have, yes. but it's like, oh god, you just you have to buckle down for. And I remember when Matt show. Jackson at the Full Gear at the Starcast there had kind of said, you know, we're going to cut a little bit out of the pay per view because you guys didn't like the fact that it was four hours long because you know whatever. And I said, I mean, I don't, I don't want less. I want more. I mean, as I much know, as give it, give it yeah, all. I, I might have been in the minority there, but I don't have a problem with it. I guess New Japan has kind of taught me also to. Build to the moment. Don't exhaust yourself. It's patience to build in terms of cheering because those New Japan matches are not easy watches for beginner fans. They start slow. They build. They tell a great story. By the end, you're... I mean, it's just like the tag team match, which is next. I was going to say, you're speaking of Matt Jackson, so that transitions us perfectly. The highly anticipated AEW World Tag Team Championship match, the Elite, the Bucks versus Hangman and Kenny... Oh my god. I have never... I've been to a lot of wrestling events. AEW's created some beautiful moments for us the past year. But I cannot recall being in the audience for a match where I was in and out of my seat so many times. And with the near falls, at one point I I grabbed you and started shaking you. I think it was when Hangman hit the one-wing angel on on Matt and, and Nick came in and broke up the pin. Um, the sheer emotion that 
that match brought out of me. I wanted to cry. I just, I, I was sitting there, I was tweeting. I'm like, I want to cry. I don't know why, <laughs> but it was the, one of the most beautiful things I've seen in wrestling. I can't do it justice. It, it is the greatest tag team wrestling match that I have ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. It's a five-star classic. Absolutely. The dynamic between the Bucks and Kenny and Hangman, the familiarity of all of those individuals. Their friends, their family, their experience together. It's one of the things that I have a major issue with. And I'm, I'm going to take a bit of a dig. It's one of the, the biggest issues that I have. And spot fests are not a problem to me. I grew up watching hardcore wrestling, loved ECW. I don't give a shit about spot fests. You want to go from one spot to another spot, and you want to go through tables and whatever. I mean, and TNA used to do it great too. I loved all that stuff. So spot fests don't bother me. So some may say, oh, this is a spot fest. It wasn't. But some may say it was, because trust me, I watched a lot of fucking spot fests. This was not one of them. No, definitely They worked not. their match all the way through, and then you got to hit your spots. Because now... You work these guys down. These these moves should be working. You should be winning. But you're not. And the one thing I'm going to take a dig on is, is, is the formula of NXT is what I cannot stand. And I noticed it even more when AEW came in when I started to really pay attention to what was outside the box. And when you are hitting six and seven and eight finishing moves and kicking out of these moves... Like, and again, it's not these wrestlers, because they don't book themselves, okay? It's not, as much as I, and people, criticize specific wrestlers. It's the formula. It's not the guys. Johnny Gargano is not saying, I'm going to kick out of five Adam Cole Shining Wizards, and then I'm, uh, you know, but and then, I'll still win the match. But then why do you have a finishing move? That's the point. So, in this match, you go back to these finishing moves. They hit V-triggers and covers and all that. These are not finishing moves. They don't no, pin people with these moves. What, signature moves, I guess you I, could call them. If you were playing a video game, that'd be, be a signature, signature move. move. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, a, it's a transition move. It's a setup. You're setting up to close it out. And they don't normally get near falls with those. I mean, not near falls, I'm sorry. They don't usually get pin falls with those. You get near falls with those. And they sold those to the audience, and the audience bought it in because it's been so invested. The story was fantastic. The build was fantastic. You got to this match that was fantastic. The entire build of these two, the separation of the Bucks and Kenny and Hangman, you don't know what direction they're going to go in. They teased every left and right way that you could do this. There was a moment... And we saw it because of the angle we were on. Yeah, I actually caught a picture of it. We actually had a picture of it where the three of them, Kenny and the Bucks, are sideways about the super kick Adam Page. And then there's a part where it looked like Kenny Omega's going to turn on the Bucks, which is what I would like to see happen. Mm -hmm. I would like to see Kenny say, hey, listen, Adam Page is my tag team partner, and you guys can fuck off. And then you had Hangman appearing to do the Buckshot Lariat on Kenny. Right. Then they walk off happily together, and they they embraced, which was heartwarming because you've never you seen that before. You don't know what direction they're going to go in, and it no. was it was flawless. I this match, I don't want to say it ruined the show because it didn't, but it was so hard to follow, and like I was exhausted after this because it was just so emotionally investing. Um, I haven't had a chance to rewatch the entire show yet, but I had to rewatch this one. And JR said on commentary, he goes, they're, they're just getting better and better by the day in reference to Kenny and Hangman. Yeah. And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week where I'm like, we were wrong about the kind of the direction they took with them on this championship reign. And it's like, yeah, they just, each time they are getting better and better in terms of in-ring chemistry with their, with their moveset. And even though there's still that descent there, it's like, it's just coming along and they're just... They're listening to the fans. They're understanding that the fans are going, all right, well, this is going to obviously lead to a Hangman and Kenny feud. So instead, with, without really changing the story or the narrative, they've added two more narratives. Simply. Just by posing in a weird position and by showing at the end of that match that Kenny was kind of giving a little pushback there to the Bucks. Yeah. He was kind of like, you know what, you know, we... We are the tag team champions a little bit here, you know? But it's subtle. It's stuff that you could easily miss if you're not 
and it's simple to put in to, to body language and facial yeah. expressions. Um, but yeah, that this match was truly something else. the The crowd was turning against the Bucks, which was just wild. It just it it was crazy. It was crazy. I just hope the crowd was turning. I mean, obviously, who doesn't like Adam Page? Most over man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Next I, I was an Adam Page guy since day one. You were in your hangman shirt. Yeah, well, you got it for me at the StarCast in Las Vegas because you felt like I needed a piece of AEW merchandise. And you like hangman? Of course. Well, I had hangman since day one. And you got me the, the hangman shirt, so I wore it to the show that night. And I've worn it to every event that I've gone to for AEW since. That is the event shirt. So, Adam Page is mega over. Kenny is now mega over. Yeah. I mean, these two are just insane at this point. Yeah. So, it's wrestling. The crowd's got to boo somebody. No, I I understand. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I know. I it, They got to boo somebody. So, the Bucks got the brunt of it. And I hope, though, that there's a renewed appreciation for the greatest tag team in the world. Because people like to shit on the Young Bucks. And they have. And I we, we have never done that. We've said it on every podcast. They are the best. No, they are. They money. are the standard they are bearer. Made for TV. They're they, made. They're made for this. They are made for this. And I've never loved them more. And every team has had their best match with the Young Bucks. Yeah. Because they're the ones. They carry the load. They're the best team in the world. They were. They were on fire. Nick Jackson's hot tags are always something. He's bouncing around the ring, flipping around the ring. Matt's being the muscle. Um, suplexing hangman up the ramp uh when you do when you do something special you don't remember who won or lost no because it doesn't matter this was magical this is one of those things the young bucks are able to put these individuals other tag teams in a position where magic happens on top of that the other two individuals are hangman and kenny oh yeah i mean i I said to you you put this tag team match for the titles on pay-per-view, and I said this a month ago, print money. I'm buying all, it. And it's all people are talking you about. You put that together, I'm buying the pay-per-view. And I did buy the pay-per-view, but we always buy the pay-per-view. I gotta watch it again. So I go to the event, I gotta buy the show also, I gotta watch it again. But that is the type of match. And they came out before it started, I said to a friend next to me, I said, listen, print the money now. I go, this is big money. And that not only did it deliver... It exceeded the expectations that I had, and my expectations were print the money. Before the show happened, that was a money maker. It was the third match on the card. That's why it was so tough. And then I felt so bad after that. That match was perfect. And especially the moment, my favorite moment, it should be the fans' favorite moment, is when Kenny Omega's trying, he's got the worked shoulder by Pac, that did not downplay Pac. Pac is exceedingly dominant. Did not downplay it. But he's got the worked shoulder by Pac, and Matt Jackson, veteran of the ring, legendary tag team partner now, right? Legendary tag team. Gets off of the one-winged angel. Because reasons. And tactical, smart. Guy does it all. Adam Page gets in and goes, I'm going to do it. And he gets him up, and Matt Jackson's not expecting to get lifted back up again. And he hits the one-winged angel. That was when Nick Jackson came in and broke it up, because you don't kick out of that. No matter who does it, you don't kick out of that. Still respects the ferocity, I guess, of the move. Whatever you want to call it. It respects the move. Oh, yeah, you can break it up. That moment was really good. Matt's facing the wrong way. He gets lifted up. He's like, what the fuck is going on? And, And the hangman just hits it. And... Hangman actually hits it. Usually they tease it. He's not going to... He hits it. Yeah. That was it. I thought you were talking about when Matt ripped Kenny's tape off. Well, that was the, that was the point. I mean, you, you, the crowd turned, and when that happens, it was like Okada versus Naito, right? Right. Okada is wrestling in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom, defending his IWGP Heavyweight Championship of the world. And he stomps on Naito's knee. And everybody knows Naito's got bad knees. He stomps on Naito's knee and the crowd boos him. And immediately he looks around like, you're going to boo me? He goes, all right then. You got to boo me then. Because I'm going to win the, I'm winning this championship. You do what it takes you to win. You do what it takes to win in the biggest match. They always say about sports. 
Great players make great plays, right? Big players make big plays. And in that moment, you're the top star, you're Okada, you're going to stomp that knee. You're going to win your championship. You're going to be double belts. He didn't. I don't want to talk about that. But that's what you do. And in this one, Nick and Matt want to be the AEW World Tag Team Champions, and they know the crowd has turned on them, which is exactly what they wanted, which was great. They've turned on them. So now they have to feed the beast. They say, you know what? If they don't give a shit about us, it doesn't matter anyway. We want to be the best. We have the best division in the world. It is a world championship level title. Because it's, it's the world championships of the tag team. Yeah. We are going to be the champions. If it takes me having to work the shoulder, rip the tape off, and expose my friend, I will do it. Hell yeah. That match was great. But match the one was an classic was... <laughs> Unbelievable. That had to be everybody's favorite moment. That was it's a special moment. And like I said, we're going to go back now. We'll keep going forward. We don't want to hold everybody's time. But that match was spectacular. But the Nyla Rose match afterward, I felt so bad. They, they put her in such a terrible spot. But it's not... It, Somebody any, had to go there. Anyone yeah. that was there was in a terrible spot because you just... You can't follow that up. You can't. And, and it was tough. The match... For Nyla and Chris Statlander, again, I didn't want to see Chris Statlander get fed to the Beast so soon. Yeah. Because the crowd, everybody's really behind Chris. And I didn't really want to see the same arc again. You know how they kind of did the Nyla Rose. She loses. She rebounds. She builds back to take down Riho again. I know it's opposite. Take down Riho. I mean, you know, irony. But when you have Chris Statlander, who's probably the most over female wrestler... Outside of Riho, I mean, Riho's pop was huge. And Yuka Sakazaki, they, they love Love Yuka, love yeah. Outside of them, I mean, Chris Statlander's right up there. And Hikaru Shida also. I mean, obviously I'm naming all these women, but she's right up there. And it kind of felt like, I don't want to see her lose real that quick. But it, it's, it's a marquee pay-per-view. It is only one of four, so you have to do it. You can't WWE it where you got 12, and I can kind of throw together kind of a filler. You don't have fillers. You want to give them, everybody on pay-per-view should have a chance to win. You want to give the audience, like you said, the unpredictable aspect of it. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, uh, it wasn't the direction I thought they were going to go in. Remember, we we talked about it being Big Swole first, but you're correct. I mean, they only have so much time to deliver for their four big shows a year, so I don't have any. I don't have any complaints, but... I really can't give this match a fair assessment because I was distracted and recovering from the tag team match during this. Um, I haven't had a chance to rewatch it, but you know, Nyla looked dominant as usual. She hit that awesome beast bomb. Rightfully, she won. I'm looking forward to the rest of her reign. Yeah, it looked like there were some communication issues. I, I heard, obviously, prior, I think other people did hear that Chris Statlander was dealing with the flu. They addressed it on commentary did we they? had the show playing i we ended up falling asleep because we had an early flight but oh, God, they yeah. did they did talk about that I, I heard them um she was recovering from an illness from yeah the so it, the match again it's really unjust but the match was only two and a half stars i mean it, it wasn't anything great it was in the, it was in the worst spot they you come off the flu you got a match that it, it was unfortunate but wasn't the best women's match they've put on but I'm looking forward to seeing them do it on a bigger platform in a better spot in the future. Absolutely. I just, I felt so bad about the placement, but it would have happened to anyone. This uh, was followed up with Cody versus MJF. Which was probably the most emotionally driven story coming up to this point. Coming up to this point, for sure. Um, MJF came out looking like a Burberry prince. Super crispy. Beautiful Burberry robe. You don't get crispier than the tan that MJF had. <laughs> but Cody debuts a new neck tattoo. We're going to stay out of politics here. Okay? So we're not going to discuss that. That's almost political at this point. It's going to be one side, the other side. We're not dealing with that. He is a grown-ass man who can do whatever the hell he wants. So We're leaving it there. That's it. We're not going to play politics in this one. Cody comes out, looks great, got his whole team. I believe Stephen Amell was there. I think he was. So the live whole entrance. Nightmare family, live entrance, band sounded fine. Band sounded good. Yeah. Sometimes you get a live entrance, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. This one was good. It was fine. 
Easy to the hear. The lead singer's jacked. Yeah. He looked like he could get in the fucking ring. But match itself was different than I expected. And I'm not going to say it was bad. The match was a four-star match. Very solid. Very watchable. Very enjoyable. MJF did the big blood. Yeah. He did the blade. Yeah. That was good because we've kind of seen the veterans doing the blade jobs recently. Yeah, well, you actually said to me before the match, like, who's going to take the blood? And I was like, it's going to be MJF. It was, it's a blood feud. They had, someone's got to do go. the blade. Usually the veterans have been tasked with, hey, I'm, I'm going to do the blade job. We'll keep it out of the hands of the young. We'll keep it out of the hands of the youngins. MJF did it. Looked great. Just enough good. blood. Perfect. Covered, covered the face. Didn't get all over the mat. Didn't cover anybody. It was good. Very, very well done. The only thing about this match was I loved the MJF antics. Biting the foot. That was fucked. But oh, biting yeah. foot, begging, hugging Cody. Yeah, begging for forgiveness. Wardlow gets beer or whatever the hell Brandy dumped on him. Arn takes a bump. Arn takes a bump. Everything's involved. I, I like matches like that. I like, I like the, I want to call them the Cody shenanigans. Anytime Cody does something, it's full of shenanigans. It's full yeah. of storytelling. Like the Sean Spears match, it's full of this junk. For sure. Some people hate it. Some people love it. I'm a big fan of it. I love it. I just love it. I, I mean, they give you such a diverse palette. And it's such deep, rich storytelling. But I just think that the match took a totally different direction than what I anticipated coming in. And I don't think people, you know, some people said they didn't like it. And I, I, some I've seen have really kind of agreed maybe with my sentiment. I, I mean, I have not like I've talked to anybody about it. It's just I, when I've seen some people's responses, you know, sitting on a plane, waiting in the airport, I just kind of look through, see what people thought about things. It kind of comes the same thing. It's, these guys were in a blood feud. They were not allowed to touch each other. Until the pay-per-view. Well, Cody could not touch MJF until the pay-per-view. He had to survive the stipulations. He gets to that point, and then they work like an old-school wrestling match where it's like, you know, there's some rest holds, there's some submissions, we're going to break the body down. And this isn't what this was. Yeah, this is, I guess, one that could have had a stip, maybe. I mean, Cody did run all the way backstage. That was crazy. Probably told Tony Khan, turn the screens back on because the screens went out. Comes oh, running back true. out, <laughs> sprinting true. down. Because, I mean, he's he's probably working a thing. He sees the screens went out. He probably said, hey, Max, I got to go real quick. Runs over, and MJF's just kind of selling there. He runs back, goes, screens out, turns back around, runs back out again. Hilarious. Clotheslines him over the top. That's what I would have done. Because it's just what you have to do. It's what you have to do Where the hell is sometimes. he going? And um, in that moment, I was funny. I like that. But it just seemed like Cody should have been, like, ripping this guy's skin off. Yeah, it wasn't as brutal as it could have been or maybe should have been. I he hear cost you. him a chance at the AEW World Title forever. Yeah, they haven't been. A, he he sacrificed or or gave away everything to get his hands on MJF, and then it just kind of was a traditional wrestling match. Again, not bad. I'm not saying. Well, I mean, it was bad. that's Cody. And they had great antics. It told a good story. I love the shenanigans. I like the fact that Brandy's back with them again. I, you know, yeah. I, I love Arn being involved. I love Wardlow. Everybody looked great. MJF's begging at his feet. MJF was fantastic. MJF finds ways in modern wrestling to make the fans despise his existence. And everybody respects MJF. He's a great talker. He's a great worker, tells a great story, and Wardlow and him are a great pair. Everybody likes MJF. They go, man, that guy's a star, but fuck MJF at the same time. Because today's day and age, we're hitting these moves, we're doing these things that are spectacular. And Cody is hitting these crossroads, and he is, he is disaster kicking. I don't know what they call that anymore. Beautiful disaster, whatever. He is trying to take down MJF, and MJF punches him once. <laughs> with the ring. With the ring. With the ring. With the ring. In the face and pins him like that. Just falls on him. And the crowd's like, are you fucking kidding? That's how this is going to end? Yes, it's how it's going to end. Because he's finding ways for you to hate him. Yeah. That was a great ending. Yeah. It elevated the whole match. Because you hate MJF. You are not allowed to like him. It's hard to like him. You're not supposed to like him. So if the match ended in a good way, you're going to like him. Love him. No, no. He punches him, and he pins him. <laughs> and everyone's like, wow, fuck that. But that's part of what made the match special. I just thought I wanted to see a little more urgency, grit out of Cody. We haven't rewatched this yet, this match. 
Not to its fullest extent. Do you think you feel this way because of the tag team match? I keep going I, back to I it. I think but I it... feel this way because when Cody came out, it was like this emotional ride, more so than it was this fiery, I'm going to rip this guy's head off because I can touch him again. Yeah. He comes out with his family and it's emotional. He's telling them, hey, they all give him support. It was He should have come out like a bat out of hell and run down the ramp and we should have just started. He should have done that whole running clothesline thing immediately because he's getting his hands on MJF who cost him that world title shot. It wasn't as much the match. It was more of the urgency, I guess. More of the idea that he was taken away from what is most valuable, the world championship, at the hands of somebody else and not himself. And it's one of the only gripes. MJF winning was the right move. Oh, yeah. Hell For yeah. sure. For and sure. the match was good. Four stars, like I said. Great ending. Love the shenanigans. Just was a type of match I didn't expect to see. I expected something different. And I think overall, it may have hurt the overall grade, the overall evaluation of it. But then... Then, I mean, this brings us to, I think, the, the true main event of the evening. <laughs> Orange Cassidy versus Pac. No, I'm, I'm just teasing. The, the real main event is always the world, world championship. But this match was a fucking banger. This was Orange Cassidy's, not debut match, because he's been in tag team action with best friends, but this was his debut singles match. And he tried. So this match is five stars. Five stars. A plus. Five stars. Amazing. I don't know if it conveyed as well to the individuals watching at home as it did in the audience. But I know as an audience member, and I know as maybe a very rather, we wanted it. And we wanted everybody else to know that Orange Cassidy matters. So I'm not a per. I do not SCU with you. No, you never SCU with me, SCU. and that's, like, so I won't sad. Do I do not SCU. I enjoy SCU. I like SCU. I don't chant or cheer much. I don't. You chanted for Mox. Because I wanted him it. to get that pop. This is a moment for him. Yeah. I wanted him to experience it. I'm understanding the... We're going to get there in the, a moment. The logistics of it. We'll but get there in a moment. It's, it's kind of like the presentation for television. I want him to experience that. That's, 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 I want him to have that moment. But not SCU? No, not SCU. I don't SCU. But... And I love all those guys. When when CD came out, oh, it was great. And the I, said, I love that guy. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, when he yeah. rips the thing off, he's just like, fuck this. And he's like the higher power. It's the whole the whole joke about like, him the, originally is, being the higher the power of like the one? ministry or whatever it was in WWF. It was great. It was awesome. Uh, but in this match, Pac's the right guy. Because Pac could wrestle himself. Like Kota Ibushi. Or Will Ospreay. Right. Yeah. They, they all could wrestle him themselves. Yeah, they're so talented. And Stupid talented. Orange Cassidy did, at one point, an arm drag with his hands in the pockets and packed it all the work on it. It was fucking awesome. But this thing was really fun. And Pac even played along with the super kicks. They're both super kicking each other. Crowd was going nuts. Oh, my God. It This was... Five stars. This was a blast. This was awesome. Uh, I saw positive things online about this it. This match was great. Um, my friend loves Orange Cassidy. Yeah, that was his guy. Yeah, he had said he goes. I think MJF's gonna be my guy. Yeah, first and he liked MJF. The moment Orange Cassidy didn't even start wrestling, the moment he came out, he said, "Oh no, I think I got a new one." Fucking didn't see him. him. Didn't know what him. he did. Was like, I think this is the guy. And then the type of match that it was, he goes, "Oh yeah, Orange Julius is the guy." Orange Julius, he <laughs> called him. Orange Julius, but. This was a great showing. I, I want more of this. I want to see more of Orange Cassidy in this capacity. I want to see more of it, but I don't. Only on special, special occasions. Special occasions, like Orange Cassidy versus Minoru Suzuki at spring break. Yeah, that's going to oh, happen. It's going to be good. Yeah. But, no, this was this was special. And this also brought the crowd back up again. Oh, yeah. Because, um, again, after the tag team match... The women's match, and, and even Cody and MJF kind of suffered a little bit because they, of that. They're exhausted. And this, in a good way. It, oh, in, always, always in a good way. But this was just so fun that it brought everyone back up, and it was a riot. It was so much fun. Yeah. I, and, and it was good. Yeah, it was great. It was it fantastic. Was really, really good. And, and that was, I mean, you're going to see more Orange Cassidy in the future. I mean, the guy's, the guy's really good. 
And it, it did hurt the main event even a little bit because the crowd was so hot for this that it almost drained them again because you only get like a second wind for a short period of time before yeah. you crash. Yeah. And Pac rightfully defeats Orange Cassidy. He's the right guy. He's so dominant that he comes up against somebody who doesn't tangle the traditional way. Yeah. And it causes... Both men looked super strong. Yeah, and it causes Pac to kind of alter his style of working and having to figure out on the fly. It shows how great of a wrestler he is in terms of the character. It turns out it shows Pac is supposed to be this dominant, technical, smooth wrestler, right? That That's his whole shtick. And so it forces this guy to show the intelligence of the character because he's got to alter on the fly and figure out how to beat him. He's never seen anything like this before. Yeah. And then when Orange Cassidy tried, he's flying. The guy's as nimble as fuck. Then he's rolling from side to side. Yeah. You gotta watch it. It's five stars. Five, five stars. stars. And then the main event. The AEW World Championship match. Mox versus Jericho. The moment itself is as good and as high as it's gonna get. This was super, super special. Um, everyone loves Moxley. He gets a huge pop. The madman comes in, makes his entrance from outside. It was cold. It was not as cold as Friday when we arrived, but it was it was still cold it on was Saturday. Cold. Yeah. And it was in the 20s. I was observing Mox during his entrance, and he seemed very emotional. And he gets in the ring, and he's he's all hyped, and he's doing his wiggly mock shit. But he gets in the ring, and he pounds down on the center of the mat and says it looks like a little prayer. And I immediately noted that. And I'm like, this, we might be getting that win. Of course, we thought it, and we wanted it. But again, you never really know. But I was like, we we might be getting that win. And it just, this was emotional. This was a huge... This meant Huge a lot moment. to John Moxley. Absolutely. He said earlier in the week there was an article out that winning the AEW World Championship would mean more than winning the WWE Championship. I saw the headlines everywhere. There's two different types of audiences. And it's not about volume of people. It's not about sellouts. But he went to... A hot, passionate Chicago crowd. Where each and every one of those fans was a huge wrestling fan in major support wanted these things to be great. They were there to have fun and there to have a good time. But they were there because they care about wrestling. There's an emotion, there's a passion, there's a connection between the fans and John Moxley because he was the defector. And I've talked about this, and I've told this story, but he was the guy that came over from the other place when they needed it the most. Because as much as Chris Jericho is... The bridge. He is the bridge that gaps oh, all no the generations. Doubt. There's no doubt. John Moxley was the X Factor. AEW might not be what it is without John Moxley. That night at Double or Nothing, when he arrived through the crowd and you say, Oh, I knew it was going to happen. Then you heard that maybe it could happen. But why would this guy, with no television deal, full of a bunch of indie wrestlers, I'm calling them, in, you know, a bunch of indie wrestlers, Sign a contract with an up-and-coming wrestling company that could bomb and take that type of risk. Think about that. Because that's the kind of man that he is. Because that's the kind of man that he is. He's a hero. And he talked about how he didn't know how he was going to be received when he got out of the WWE. Because he knew his perception of what happened to Dean Ambrose. And he comes out at Double or Nothing and the crowd goes absolutely ballistic. The roof blew off the building. And he said from that moment, that was like the moment, the pinnacle of his career. He had gone to, and it had nothing to do with Nia Jax, because he even said it, and me too, I would love to work with Nia Jax, it'd be great, I would love, I'd take so many bumps. But he goes, the, the way that the Nia Jax situation happened, how he, you know, they, they didn't treat her right, they didn't treat him there right, they didn't treat, intentions. no, and they didn't treat the story right, and from that to double or nothing. And again, it has nothing to do with Nia Jax. He wanted it. They, they, they said that we could have done something great, but they didn't even let it happen. They didn't let it be great. They made it, they treated it like we're going to kick you down and step on you. And I feel bad. I feel bad for both of them. Neither of them deserve that. But this moment was the start of John Moxley's revolution. See what it did there? Yeah. And he came full circle 
as the AEW World Champion defeating Chris Jericho. That night that he showed up at Double or Nothing, he attacked Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. Yes, he did. And it went full circle, and the revolution of John Moxley happened in Chicago. This was, it was so, it was so beautiful. Um, I've said it before, I mean, I threw out a tweet last night, but I hated Dean Ambrose. You did? I fucking hated Dean Ambrose. He was a joke, just, he, he was a mess. Like, I, I, I don't want to see Dean Ambrose. And the moment he came out at Double or Nothing, he nudged me. It is Dean Ambrose. He's here. And I was instantly, as much as I think we all were, he became my guy. Because he, like you said, like that's the type of man he is. He took this risk. He did what he wanted to do. He didn't care about money. He wanted to do what he wanted to do. Followed what his passions were. Took the risk. If it doesn't work out, fuck it. We'll figure it out. And he made the right choice. And the reason why it's so emotional is because he knew that every band in Chicago cared so much about this. That they came to this show. They sold this show out in one day. And they came to this show because they're all wrestling fans. And he knew it's different. Yeah, WWE SmackDown can fill out Fox. But they're not the same people. And he won the world championship. It feels like a world championship. This was such this was such a big deal. I mean, he so we he has to fight Jericho. Jericho comes out with Santana and Ortiz, so he's got to overcome Santana and Ortiz. He brought two. He brought and two, two of his toughest. Mm-hmm. They're thugs. They're they're street thugs, as as Jr. said. Not everyone in New York. Not just a big hurt. Not everyone in New both. York is like that, but they are. Hager comes out. Hager fucking punches him. They get ejected. Sammy hits him with the title. Sammy comes out with the title. I I. The three inner circle members come out, and then I forgot about Sammy. And I see him running through the crowd. I go, God damn it, Sammy. He hits him with the belt. And Mox is tough. Mox, you know, can overcome anything, but it's like... And he's you bleeding out of his head. He's always got these numbers to worry about, the numbers game with the inner circle. But he overcomes those, hits a paradigm shift on Jericho, takes off his eye patch. Oh, yeah. And this was... This almost made me cry. Takes off his eye patch... He can see, of course. But he looks around to the crowd and he just points and he you know, goes, I see you guys. Yeah. And he hits another paradigm shift and he wins the belt. And it was like, as much as he did it for himself, he did it for us. Like, this is our guy. He appreciates so much of what the fans and the support that he's gotten. Because it's totally different than what he's experienced before. He cut an awesome, tr- like, just truthful, real promo. It was a very Moxley end. promo because it comes off and it's it's this emotional banter because he doesn't know how to really, like, convey <laughs> the emotions. He but just it's kind of. Real. It's, it's real. It's real. And he, just, he gives you all this and then, like, it's like, uh. I'm going to get a beer. <laughs> all right. I don't know what the fuck's going on now. So, uh. They play his music, and he's like, all right, we're out of here. Let's just get the <laughs> fuck out of here and let's go get some drinks. And that's as real as it's going to get. And that's why it's got to stay in that pay-per-view if you watch it. It's got to be a part of it. Because he's just like, ah, that's who he is. And yeah. he's the world champion. He's the champion of the people. And the belt looks good on him. Big gold. Oh, yeah. You can never go wrong with a big gold belt. Never go wrong. Championship's beautiful. But I think when he busted open, he said he was on the post. We watched it. Did hit the corner post. The posts are not round like in WWE or traditional. They're, they're, they're like squares. Yeah, they've so got they do corners. Have points. Yeah, they have corners. So... It looked like a legit bump. He hit and then he was bleeding. Yeah, he ble- instantly. He yeah. hit that corner and he was bleeding instantly. Yeah. So it looked like legit, looked like kind of he's got a hole in his head. But he wanted it. He wanted that presentation of the blood. That's who he is. Fuck yeah. And he wanted that presentation of the blood in his face for when he was holding the championship because that was what wrestling has always been. Even if you go back to, you don't have to go back too deep. You don't have to go back to Ric Flair. But even if you go back to like these wars that like Triple H would have guy would be covered in blood. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's what you survived a world championship match with arguably one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And the guy who is spearheading all elite wrestling, Chris Jericho. Having some blood and a little color when you win your first world title in this company. It just seems right. And that world title felt like, man, that felt like 10 world titles. Yeah. We watched, we were there, and we watched the process. We were there for the day he debuted. 
we were at the show that he couldn't work and he was upset. We were at the show against Kenny Omega and now we watched John Moxley win the AEW world title. Yeah, I think that's why it was so emotional for me because like that's why I'm like I'm a Mox girl. Like I was there for every step of the way. Like I felt like we took this journey together. And as you said, like he appreciates what we're all doing. And it's it's like we're doing this together. Like we're in his corner. And it was really special to be a part of because you just could tell from the moment he came out that this meant so much to him. And it's cool to to be a part of that and to be in support of him. And concluding that, talking about John Moxley's blood and guts. Which brings us to our Newark show in a couple weeks. So we're sitting in the audience. Cody had said it's going to be a match that some are not going to be happy with and some will be very happy with. And you knew when they went to Newark and they sold like already like 12,000 seats, this was going to be a big dynamite and they had to do something special. So we're sitting in the arena. We're in the middle of Chicago. Okay, so th- there's a lot of locals here, a lot of passionate wrestling fans in Chicago, but there's not... I don't know how many people... I mean, let us know. I mean, if you traveled, let us know if you traveled. Yeah, I would like to see where everyone yeah. came from. So we go to this event. We're from New Jersey. We're going to the Newark event. We're sitting there, and it comes up March 25th. And I'm like, that day is important to us for some for reason. For some and reason. I go, that's our show. <laughs> and it says two rings, one cage... Like, no escape. Blood and guts. Blood and guts. And so losing my mind. We we have really good seats for that, too. And I, that's lost our shit. And everyone else is kind of just sitting there, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, cool, like, but we're guts. like, we're going to fucking go to this thing. We're going to see Let's fucking go. this blood and guts match. Is You know, it's the traditional war games. We're going to see this live. I don't know how they're going to do it on television. I want to see how that comes out. But we're going to that. That was really cool. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. I mean, of course, I was hyped to go to Dynamite anyways because it's always a party, but now like we're getting pay-per-view level show. Pay-per-views are real. Pay-per-views are tight. They're gritty. They culminate. They captivate. Dynamites are a goddamn party. and You have fun when you go to those. Yeah. You have fun at pay-per-views. You have fun at pay-per-views. You do, but Dynamite, anything happens. Yeah. And this this is cool. That's That's really cool. That is going to be fun. So, with that, we will conclude our Revolution Weekend. Got a chance to experience Chicago. Brought two friends with us that had never gone to the city before. No, they'd never been. That's so weird to me. Yeah. Because I grew up there, so could always take so a trip to Chicago. So they got a chance to experience Chicago. Really quick weekend trip. A little too quick. Felt a little too Well, we like Chicago, so yeah. we wish we could have... I could have used like a, like an, ex- an extra... like. Day? Half day. Like yeah. all Friday and Saturday, but it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. It would have been nice. Eat more food. Yeah. Just drive around, just kinda went to Wrigley Field, drove past. We did, it. we did. So that was that was fun. But guys, comments, questions, what you thought of these matches. We know we put a poll out. We're really appreciative of you guys giving feedback. Yeah, what did you think of Revolution so far? It was excellent. Excellent and a couple goods. Nothing yeah, bad. Yeah, nothing below that. I mean, I thought the show was was very good from top to bottom. And again, this is just me looking at it, being a part of each one of these pay-per-views. Nothing will be double or nothing. But double or nothing's different. Like different it's, it's in its own category. But I thought the show was better than Full Gear. I think this was one of my favorites for sure. Uh, I had said to you. You know, we're we're into TV now. But, I mean, there's always that old comparing apples to orange. We're comparing apples to apples right now. I mean, they're yeah. all... They're, we're just comparing apples yeah, to apples. Yeah, yeah. All four pay-per-views have been worth every dollar we've spent. They're all in their own category. You can't really... Sometimes when them. you spend money, you get kind of like buyer's remorse, right? So you you get this, like, buyer's remorse. Like, ah, you know, I paid for this. And you the build-up, I spent all this money traveling here, buying these tickets, et cetera, et cetera. And you go, man, is it really worth it? Then you go to this event and each of the AEW events. And again, I'm excited to go. But at the same time, financially, you look at your wallet and you go, okay. We felt that way double or nothing because the, yeah. we bought the tickets that so Memorial far Day before weekend trip the event. That so expensive to fly out there. Yeah. And it was like, From us. Because we're in Newark. So, I mean, that's our airport. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a cross-country flight. It was like, did we... Not did we make a mistake, but it's like, could we really afford to do this? And... I would do it again. And that's what changed the game. Except 
I can't do it again right now because my wallet really won't let me. No, Jericho's. That was why. Maybe. And both. next year's Jericho's. So we'll if see. There is a will. There is a way. But it, it's one of those things that when you go and you go, oh, it was worth every dollar. Every dollar you spend Absolutely. is worth going to these. You have to go to an AEW event. You have to go. Dynamite, pay-per-view, whatever you can If they come, you, can you do. have to go. You have to experience it. Just once. At least, just once. You won't regret it. But with that, that brings us to the end of this week's recap. Uh, we are at Dojo and Dynamite on Twitter, at Dojo and Dynamite on Instagram, Dojo and Dynamite at gmail.com. Any questions, comments, feedback, anything you want to talk about, let us know. You have not challenged Joey Janela to a match. Well, he wasn't at the pay-per-view. I forgot he existed. Come on, Joey. Get on the car. Let's go. Against me. I'll work, I'll work a buy-in. <laughs> you versus Joey on AEW? I'll work a buy-in. It was also a dark match taped, but we won't spoil that. But I'll work a buy-in. It was Penelope Ford and Dr. Britt versus Yuka. And I know and I haven't Riho. done any flashback matches. It was that. But I haven't done any flashbacks recently. But, you know, watch the Iron Man. I, don't, I can't keep giving you guys these matches to have to watch when we're talking about this. I mean... Check out Revolution. There's there's eight wrestling matches. You know, check out the Iron Man match with Kenny Omega. Check out the Steel Cage. I don't, don't want to take away from those matches specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's so much to watch. I mean, right. this card alone, we have uh, three match of the year candidates in the tag team Darby and and Sammy and uh, the world title match. But thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back later this week with your regularly scheduled Dynamite programming. And thanks so much for listening.